0: Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Awesome. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter one. Uh, I'm excited to teach tonight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be talking about the uh, 50 Steps to Grace. And I'm not going to go over 50 steps. I'm just talking about someone walking. I don't have a list of... I'm not pastor. Pastor gets those bullet points. He's like on it. Uh, But my message is called 50 Steps to Grace. Uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 40. We'll start reading. It says, Now a leopard came to him, meaning Jesus, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying unto him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, touched him and said unto him, I am willing, be clean. Isn't this beautiful that, that the, the, this leopard comes to Jesus and he's kind of just like us. Like, like, hey, if you're willing, I believe you could do it, but if you're willing, will you make me whole? And a lot of us, we come with the same attitude. Like, God, if you're willing to come through this time, I know it didn't happen last time the way that I thought it was going to happen, but if you're willing, you can make me whole. And I love Jesus' answer. He said he's moved with compassion, not because he was sick, but because the position of his heart, of how down he felt on himself. And he says, I am willing. And God is still saying, I'm willing to do everything that I said. You have promises. Pastor Art has been going over the last few, uh, last few weeks on the promises that we have in, in the Scripture. That the promises we have in God. And he is saying yes and amen to every single one of those promises. That God is willing to stretch out his hand and touch you even in your darkest hour. I'm just going to pray again really fast, then we'll get going. Father, I thank you that you speak through my mind, that you would talk through my lips, and that it would just be all of you, Father, that I would decrease so that you, the greater one on the inside of me, would increase. I declare you have free reign throughout this service to move up and down every single aisle to touch, heal, and deliver. Amen. You guys excited? All right. Um, I have an 11-year-old son. Maybe you guys have seen him. Maybe you haven't. If you haven't, all right. I have an 11-year-old son. uh, His name is Taj. Um, He's a boy, and so he's always dirty. Um, he's, uh, he's always running. He's always climbing. He's always jumping off stuff. He's always rolling around on the floor. No matter where we're at, he finds something to climb. Does anybody have any kids you can attest to? You can understand what I'm going through, the, the struggles of being a parent. <laughs> And I'm constantly on him, like, dude, wash your hands, like, take a shower, like, do these things. Don't be the stinky kid in class. Like, I don't, that's my biggest, like, thing. Like, I don't care if you get dirty. Just don't be the stinky kid that people, like, grow up saying, oh, I remember the stinky kid named Tosh. And then it looks bad on me. But I'll pick him up from school, and he's, like, a sweaty mess. Like, I give him a hug, and there's just, like, sweat on the back of my hand. And I don't think I was ever like that as a kid. I was, like, super clean, and no, I wasn't. But I'm always like, and he'll, he'll jump in the car, and he wants to like give me a hug, and he likes to like touch my face stuff. I'm like, don't touch me, your hands are filthy. I can like, I can feel it. Like you touch me, you ever like been around someone so dirty, like a, a kid? You ever been like that, dude? No? Yeah. Okay. Like you touch, and you can feel the dirt on their hands. Anybody have boys? Like, you know what I'm talking about? Yes? Am I the only one like, that sees this? No. And, and what happens is he'll go into his backpack and he pulls out his lunch and the snacks that he didn't eat during lunch he'll begin to start eating them with his dirty, filthy hands and so I'm like dude, don't do that you need to go wash your. so I'll make him get out and run to the bathroom go wash his hands and then they'll come back I'm like let me see your hands you know. but I'm trying to instill into him that hygiene is important and he's like well what happens if I, if I eat food or if I touch my mouth I'm like you're going to get worms in your belly oh no, I'm just kidding um I said, you're going like, to get all dirty, and you're going to get bacteria in your mouth, and you can get like sores and stuff. Like, it's not good, bro. Just wash your hands. Just take a shower. Like, he'll take a shower, and then he jumps out. I'm like, did you take a shower? I'm like, did you use soap? Let me smell your head. So he comes over, and I smell his head. I'm like, all right, just making sure you're not being dirty, man. But we read about this guy in Mark who was also unclean. And his uncleanness wasn't because, you know, he was just out in the street. It was an an ailment on his life. It says that this man was a leopard. Meaning that he had this flesh-eating bacteria that would, like, eat away at his skin. And and there was really nothing he could do about it. But it says here in in Mark, it says, Now the leopard came to him, Jesus, imploring him. See, we don't ever get his name. It never says, John the leopard came down, or or Max the leopard came down to Jesus. It just says, the man came, and he was a leopard. He became identified with with his sickness. Sometimes that happens in our lives. Where I become identified with the wrongdoing that I've done. Or, or the hurt that that I have in my heart. I no longer see myself the way that God sees me. But I see myself broken, and dirty, and coming up short. You know, I, I was uh, I, I recently got married, but I had gotten divorced, and when I got divorced, I felt like that was it for me. Like I when I when I originally got married, I never saw myself. Years down the line, getting a divorce. I never got married to get divorced. You guys understand what I'm saying? You guys ever been in that situation? Like, I didn't plan on that, but I was in that situation. And I remember sitting there thinking, man, like, if I I can't, if I'm I'm failing in my marriage, then why am I even fit to be in ministry? Like, like, why should I even do this? And, and I, I'm not one to really speak my, my emotions or feelings. I'm used to always people coming to me and asking questions on how can I do this. And I'm always great at, at giving advice. I'm good at it. But I'm not good at, at asking for help. I'm not good at asking for, for my own sake. So when it happened, I didn't know who to turn to. I didn't feel like I could open up, so I bottled it inside. And then I became identified as that. I felt like everybody was just looking at me like, oh, there's the filled, the filled marriage guy. He, he, he was in ministry and, and then his, his marriage collapsed. So I don't believe that anybody was putting that on me, but I put it on myself. I began to identify myself with that. I remember I, I talked with someone and I'm, they kind of, like I was. I'm not depressed, but I was going through stuff. Like I was like, man, like, maybe I need to stop everything. I had stopped a lot of the things that I was doing outside and just like going out, going out to minister to people and doing all that stuff. I just pulled back on a lot of it, you know. Like I just, I didn't feel like I could. You, ever, you know understand what I'm saying? You ever have something like, like a hurt on the inside? You just feel like, oh, I can't. How can I minister to somebody when, when I got this hurt on set in the inside? How can I how can I help somebody when I feel stained? Like I feel like I, I like if I go to help somebody, they're just gonna look at me and just see my failures. And, and I sat down with somebody and they, they they wanted to meet with me and talk with me. They said, You know what, I just feel like there's some things on your going on in your life and I said and they said, You know what, like your your anointing didn't start with her and it's not gonna end with her. So so why would you Stop what God has called you to do because of this over here. Woe to you if you do that. And it kind of like jerked me out. I was like, oh man, you're right. Like I was called before. I got married. And I'm still called now. And God has turned things around and blessed me with an amazing woman. And I'm blessed beyond measure with it all. But I see this man, and he didn't ask to be to to have leprosy on his life? But he has it. And so now he's identified as that. It says, Now the leopard came to Jesus. No name. Just an ailment. I had two friends in high school. They're both named Danny. Maybe you have friends like you have like multiple names, like they have like similar names, you know? So in high school, we, we, we would uh, um, identify them as different things if we were talking in a group. One of the guys had a Honda Civic, so we called him Civic Danny. The other one broke his arm at school, so we called him Broken Danny. So from, that was like sophomore year. So from then to senior year, he was known as Broken Danny. So whenever we were talking, they would say Danny, they would say, oh, Broken Danny he became identified, consumed. His identity became consumed with one thing that had happened in his life that he had no uh, choice in the matter. It just happened, fluke happened. But he became identified with the brokenness that was once in a season became his outcome for the next few years. And sometimes that's like us. Like, man, I, I got this broken thing on the inside. I got this stain. I got this dirt. And now I feel like that's just my identity. We got to shake that off. And it's hard because we see this man and he's, he's a leopard. And, and it's not something he wanted to do. But he comes to Jesus and he says, if you're willing, I know that you'll help me. Exodus chapter 3. Turn with me really quick to Exodus chapter 3. I want to show you something. Exodus, it's in the New Testament, I mean the Old Testament, if you don't know where it's at. Exodus chapter, they want to show you something. This is amazing. I love this, this verse. Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. It says, then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel, and I say to them that God, your father, has sent me. And I say to them, what, his, what is his name? And when they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Now this is, uh, this is uh, an interesting uh, uh, scenario we have with Moses and God, where God is saying, I am is sending you. And Moses is like, okay, I get it that I am, but what comes next? Like, like I, don't, I need, like, the rest of the name, because I can't just come up with an, I am. And God, without saying it, says this. I am, and whatever else you need is next. Like, like whatever you need, that's what comes next. See, because uh, Scripture says that I don't change. I'm God, I do not change. So your season is going to change. Like, this season is not going to be the same as the next season. And the things that you need in this season aren't going to be the same things you need in that season. And I don't change. And it says that I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. So whatever you need, that's what I am. Before you even knew your need, I was that. Once you figured out what you needed, I was already that. Everything that you need, it's in me. I need hope. I need hope. I need salvation. I am that. I need healing. I am that. I need protection. I need comfort. I am that. He said, Moses, I, I'm all that. I, I, I. See, this man, this leopard, with no name, comes to the one... Who is the name? <laughs> Did you hear that? The one with no name comes to the one who is the name. He is the name. Meaning that, that, that at, at His name, every knee would bow and every tongue. So that means if you've got something in your life that has a name, God's greater than that. And, and whatever it is, that, that pain in your life has to take a knee. That that sickness in your life has to take a knee. Because it's under that name. See, this man with no name came to the right person. He came to the one. It's his name. His name is Jesus. And at that name, every sickness, every pain, every hurt has to bow. It has to bow. This man, this leopard in, in Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 1, go ahead and turn back with me there. I'm making you guys jump back and forth. It's okay. Get a little workout. Mark chapter 1, verse 4 says this. Now this leopard came to him imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you will help. And this is interesting because it gives us what, what his ailment is. Which is what? Leprosy. leprosy. That's right. I explained to you earlier what leprosy was. That it was a flesh-eating bacteria that ate away at the skin. So wherever it was, it would begin to eat away. So that there would be no skin. It would eat the bone. It would eat everything. It would just deteriorate. If you had it on your nose, after a while, your nose would fall off. It's disgusting. You ever look it up on Google? I, I suggest you don't do it because it gets nasty. So this man had leprosy. That means that he, had to, he was under the rules that came along with leprosy to function in society. And the book of Leviticus talks all about the, the dietary restrictions and, and the cleaning of it all. I mean, Leviticus is, is like the funnest book, said no one ever. Like, no one's like, I'm looking for some inspirational quotes. Like, oh, I got you in Leviticus, bro. Like, no one is like, go to Leviticus and get that, that bread for the day. It reads more like, like a, a dermatologist's book. It's disgusting. It's like, if you got ooze coming out of your body, like, this is how you wash it. If you got scabs, like, this is what you do. It just goes down the whole list of everything. Like, if your skin is red or it's white and it's indented, it's, in, it's, in, it's in the book, I'm telling you. Leviticus. But there's this one scripture I want to show you. Leviticus chapter 13. Leviticus chapter 13. Turn with me there. Leviticus chapter 13. Chapter 45. I mean, verse 45. Now the leopard on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn and his head bare. And he shall cover his mustache and cry unclean, unclean, and he shall be unclean. All the days he has the sores, he will be unclean. He is unclean and he shall dwell alone and his dwelling shall be outside of the camp. Just within that verse, it said like unclean, like five or six times. It's really driving home that point that you're unclean. <laughs> but did you hear the description of what needs to happen? Not only is his outward appearance mauled by the, the, the flesh-eating virus, but he has to dress in a manner that is undemeaning, like, like unsanitary, and, and it just looks bad. He has to wear torn-up clothes. He has to have a bandage around his mouth. And he, whenever somebody comes near, he has to yell, unclean, unclean. How degrading is that? Like, not only are, are you filthy, are you unclean, you know you are, but you have to announce to other people that it's your job to yell out to them that I'm unclean. I'm unclean. Like, how, what does that do to you on the inside? Like, what does that do to you mentally to have to say unclean? See, I, when, I, when I went through a divorce, people would be like, oh, how's everything going? I'm like, oh, you know, I just got divorced. and I felt like it was necessary for me to say it. Because then I, would, I didn't want them to ask questions and then me have to explain things. So I would just like, oh, I got divorced. I, I felt like I had to. Like I had to, 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 to declare my, my brokenness. Can we be real today in church? This man, his, his hurt, it's deeper than, than just a mere cut, but it's something he has to live with. It's now his identity. I have to yell out to people unclean and they would have a bell and have to ring it. How degrading is this? You know, and scripture, it lists, or it marks out that the, the priests would have the rule over how far they have to be from people. And I brought a, uh, a measuring tape. Cameron, you want to help me out? I want to take that and just go all the way down there. Let's go at 10 feet. Slow down a little bit. Slow down. All right, it's 10 feet. Okay, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Slow down. Okay, keep going. Uh, we're at 20 feet. Keep going. Keep going. All right, and. Stop. That's 25 feet. They had to do 50. So that means they had to be 50 to 100 feet away from everybody. So when it says that he saw Jesus afar off and, and he came to him, see, he came to Jesus, but when he did it, it was wrong. He had no business being anywhere near the crowd that Jesus was around. So double this, that's how far he had to be from Jesus. That's how far he had to be from everybody else. So then when someone came within the proximity of Cameron to me, further than that, I had to yell, Can you imagine that? Every single day, they couldn't live in the town. Imagine you had a family. Imagine you had kids and you got sick. You could no longer be around them. You had to see them from afar off. I can't hold my son anymore. I can't. I can't. I don't care that he's dirty from running around. I want to just hold my son, but I can't because I'm unclean. This was. It was horrible. The worst thing ever. I can see life going by, but I can't experience. I can't be a part of it. I can see my children growing, but I can't be there with them. I have to yell to people. I'm unclean. I don't fit into society anymore. This hurt. You don't know what this is like. You don't know what this is like. I have to yell to people I'm unclean. Go ahead and close it up. Don't let it go. It's going to flap back at me. <laughs> Thank you, Cameron. Give Cameron a hand. This 50 yard, 50 feet away, I had to stay away. And, and you can imagine that there was different people in the town who had, had contracted this, this 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 virus or this this uh, uh, flesh-eating disease, and so they were all shunned outside of the of the, of the city. So sick people congregated around sick people. They would have created their own little village outside, a whole you know little village of, of lepers, of lepers, not leopards, but lepers. And they must talk amongst themselves. Like, hey, I heard of this guy who, who, who's healed the sick. He, he opened the, the blinded eyes of this guy. And there's this other one that, that, was, that was paralyzed. And he raised him up. And Matt, what if he comes here? Maybe he can, he can clean my, 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 my ailments. Maybe he can clean my, this disease off me. I want to get back to my family. I, I heard he's coming this way. What does it look like? I don't know. His name's Jesus, though. And they talk amongst themselves. You know that, that lepers were allowed in the temple to, be, to, to, to see the priests at a time? And they would come and, and the priests would examine their skin. And if they still had these, uh, these sores and stuff like that, they would quarantine them for seven days. And they would stay there. And then seven days, the, the, the priest would come back and check on the sores. That if it hadn't gotten any better, then he would send them out to the camp. But when they came to the temple, they had to stay behind a veil like this. So now they're in the temple, but they're cut off from everybody. They, they, they can't see life going. They can't see the move of God. They can hear things, but they can't see it anymore. See, they're, they're, they're socially impotent to it. You see, because to have intimacy and in relationship needs Proximity. And, and, and their sickness creates this veil over their lives, and that happens to us. But we do it with our phones. We create our own little screens. It's easier for me to hide behind my screen than to expose my hurts and my pains. So we'll be around friends and family, but we're hiding behind our screens. Because if I don't have my screen, then that means I have to actually talk and they may find out that I'm broken. (laughs) This is kind of like church, you know? But I feel like sometimes the lepers have it a little better than we do because theirs is outside. And it's easy to spot. But ours is on the inside. And it festers and 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 it turns and it messes us up on the inside. See, we no longer feel like we can just come to God and we hide behind this screen of life. And this screen creates a false image of the, the image that we want people to see. But there has to come a time where you say, you know what? I'd, I'd rather live with people knowing out of me coming outside of the veil, taking off the mask that I, I want people to see and let them see me for who I am, which is truly broken. I told you this year, like my goals is to, to be real Share my my faults and to love people. Those are the three things things that I'm living by this year. I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to tell you where I mess up. And I'm going to love people no matter what. I need to come behind the screen. Take off the mask that I'm trying to hide behind. Because I'd rather live doing that than die on the inside. I'd rather be exposed where people can see that I'm hurt, that I'm broken, than to die on the inside. But this man, this leopard, he, he sees that it's Jesus. Hey, it's him. It's him. Yeah, but we can't go over there. But I, 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 got, to. I, I got to. How do I get him over here? Maybe I can scream to him. I'm screaming, but there's a big crowd, and they can't hear us. I'm trying. Hey, Jesus! Come here, Jesus! I need your help! You ever felt like you're just crying out to God, and He just can't hear you? Like, oh man, if I could just get God's attention. Like, God, I went to church this week. Can you just throw me a bone? Hey, I, I read my Bible. I, come on, just if you just help me this one time... I I promise I'll do everything right. I'll, I'll fix my life for sure. And we're crying out. And we feel like, oh, God just can't hear me. He's just not listening to me. This man was far off and there was a crowd going on. And he knew I'm not allowed over there. If I go there, that's breaking law. Which I can be stoned, I can be... There's lots of penalty, penalties if I come towards people that are clean knowing that I'm unclean. And I can imagine what it felt like for them. All oh, this big group of people who are unclean as they're outside the line. They're, they're, out, they're right at the border of where they can be. And you ever feel like, man, if I could just get over there, I know I can be great. I see myself here in this, this horrible area that I'm living right now. And if I can just be, I can see greatness over there. And I just can't reach it though. Like, I know if, if something were to change in my life, I could get over there. And I could be better than what I see now. And I could, be, I could show people I could be good again. And this, this man, we don't know his name. We don't need to know his name. I, I like when they don't give us his name. Because I can insert my name. Like, like, like Brent saw Jesus and he came and he said, God, I, I'm broken. I know that you're willing. Can you help me with this? We need to insert our name there. And say this, this man with an inward leprosy that was just broken, that was eating away at him, came to Jesus. Like the, 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 the song we sang, it said, Come to the altar. Come to the altar. Jesus' arms are open wide. But this man, afar off, sees Jesus and he makes this journey towards grace. And I can only imagine that the very first step was the hardest. Because you know you're about to break law. You you, you know you're doing something that is shunned by society. Like, i got to get there. I know I could die if I do it. But I'd rather die trying than die being eaten alive. I'd rather be shunned. I'd rather be beaten. I'd rather do that making my way towards grace, making my way towards provision, making my way towards salvation. I don't care what people think. I need to get to Jesus. And this man starts his journey towards the the one who is the name. And I'm telling you today, I'm here to tell you that, no matter what you're going through, make that first step towards grace. And maybe the hardest step you have to take. First, it's acknowledging like, yes, I'm messed up. I, I've got some hurts. I've got some broken pieces on the inside. I've got some hold-ups. I've got some sin in my life that I need to change. There's things that I need to let go. This is a year of great change and great exchange. I'm exchanging my brokenness for His wholeness. I'm exchanging my weakness for His strength. I'm exchanging my sorrows for His joy. Father, I'm coming to You no matter what it takes. It may be long. It may be a long journey. But I'm making the journey today. I'm going to leave my past, my hurts, and my pains, and I'm going towards you, the one that is the name that I need. It's all in you, Father. Go ahead and close your eyes and bow your heads. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today, and remember, Jesus is Lord.